thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we'd like to welcome a couple of guests. Yes, that's Emmett. <laughs> Our youngest. Our youngest. Our youngest yet. Our youngest yet. How old is Emmett? Just one. Just one. <laughs> oh. Guys, we want to welcome to the podcast today two very, very special people to each of us in their own individual ways. We've got Julius and Shani Kieser and their gorgeous little munchkin, Emmett, who's one of... Almost five. Almost five little chitlins that exist in their family. <laughs> so today on our podcast, we're covering everything from success, working together, relationshiping, five kids and possibly more... <laughs> Um, we were talking about eight just before, weren't we? Were. We were yeah. talking the football team, and we're talking all things about how to make it all work. Because honestly, you know, everybody that I talk to and my perception of you two is that you're the perfect couple. You know, you live in the most extraordinary home, working together 24 hours a day, building a spectacular business, and running. Um, a truly connected, what seems to be a truly connected and beautiful family that the two of you are completely involved with, hands-on. Mm. It's the most beautiful thing to watch. I saw them on the weekend running, and you should have seen Shani with this huge mother of a pram, mother of a pram with three kids in there. And yeah, so we've got a baby in the room. Oh, dear. Oh. It's okay. It frightened him, I it think. did. He dropped a little bottle. Actually, I think it's you that's frightening him, actually. Do you think it was rotten too much? Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so, you know, we thought that we'd bring you to you guys on to the, to the podcast, along with Emmett. I love his little cameos in the background. Yeah, yeah they're good. Makes it real. It does, keeping it real. Yeah. He might want some watermelon. He might want some watermelon. Okay. I'll get it. See? Don't you love that? Yeah, teamwork. Teamwork. He needs watermelon, I'll get it. (laughs) I I had a husband like that. She tells me what to do and I just do it. Oh, I like that. (laughs) She says jump and he does. (laughs) So welcome. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks so much for coming. We have mentioned you both before. A number of times. A number of podcasts. Whenever we've talked about relationships or or life or success or people like that, we do tend to mention you two as a couple regularly. So we thought, Shani and Julius, it was time to have you on together and actually ask you both this. First and foremost, how long have you been married? (laughs) Six years. We just celebrated seven years. years. Oh, so much better at this than me. Yeah. What day? 23rd of December. Two days before Christmas. Christmas. families could come to the Seven years and they got five? Four and one on the way? I, I'm losing track. Um, with I have, five in June, yeah. Five in June. I just am totally losing track I'm with losing how track fast two. you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, one, two, three. And what are their ages? Hit us with their ages because we want people to realise, like, you've got a young family. Yeah. And well, we've Josh. got Joshy who's 17, so he's yeah. our big boy. And then a gap, and then we've got Alexis three, Dante's two, and Emmett's just turned one, and then I'm pregnant you in July. Do you know what's causing it? <laughs> yes, my husband, how <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree, I, I agree. Resist him. 
having babies like that if his shoes were under my bed too. Um, you are so have a go at your face. You are such a tart. Hot <laughs> oh, um, And can I just say they hey, look, both? Can I just look say hot? Can I say take a number? Take a number. <laughs> take a number. Oh, oh, you're in line. Get in line. Oh. Just I just want you both to know that I'm going to get Danny. And Matt, to listen to this. Oh, no, please don't no, do that. That's <laughs> why <won't be> <laughs> well, I'm look, keeping my mouth zipped. You know what's so funny? I can like, look, but no, not they, saying They'd both anything. probably say, actually, you know what, Julie? You can have that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got signs saying free to a good home. <laughs> anyway, you've right. been married seven years. Can you tell us if there was one way or one sentence or one paragraph to sum up how do you make your marriage, your life, your business, everything so successful? Because from the outside looking in, it looks a picture, unbelievable picture that most of us would look at and envy. Is it as perfect as what it looks? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got one word, honesty. <laughs> We're so honest with each other and whether mm. I want to hear something or Julius wants to hear something, we say it anyway and we promised mm. each other that from the beginning. We also promised each other and we talked about what we wanted in our marriage before we got married. So he, Julius wasn't comfortable and I wasn't comfortable with either of us getting very fat. And that some people are like, oh, my God, that's so superficial. But physical attraction is everything. Mm. And a beer, a beer gut for me wasn't okay and a big bum for Julius wasn't okay either. So we brought that up um, before we got married rather than you down a, a track. You had a prenup. A pre- well, it's kind like of, a pie kind of prenup, kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Except we've been on the news about it. <laughs> but you know what? That is not just physical. Because when somebody gets a beer belly or someone gets a big butt, it also affects them mentally in, in many ways. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think it's superficial at all. It might, you know, on, on first hearing it, people might go, oh. But really, it, it is when you're physically healthy, you're mentally and emotionally doing far better. So yeah, I know, and your happiness. Like when you don't feel good about yourself, it affects your happiness. Oh gosh, yeah. and then which affects in turn your, your partner. And I think you guys are actually speaking to something that a lot of people think anyway. Mm. You know, a lot of people think. I actually said, I and I, I don't know if I'm going to get slammed for this. I really don't know. Um, Matt and I were sitting on the la- the lounge the other day, and we were watching some statistics about some super super huge people. Um, about the obesity rates worldwide and the and the you know the epidemic that we're struck with, and I actually said to Matt, I said, would you still find me sexually attractive if I was that size? And he was blatantly honest, and he said, flat no. Mm. And I was kind of shocked initially because I thought, well, love me for all of me, and it's just more woman for your money. <laughs> And let's face it, I'm expensive already. <laughs> Especially after Christmas. Oh, totes. It's my birthday. So, <laughs> yeah, but it was really interesting to actually have such an upfront conversation because then I had the opportunity to, to think about that with him. I mean, I would still love him because I love him. And I'm sure he would love me because he loves me. But still, from, a, from an attraction point of view, you've got to be honest with each other about that and if it doesn't matter then it doesn't matter and be honest about that if it does matter it does matter and be honest about that I have to tell you what my father used to say so he we'd be walking from Bendigo and we'd be walking downtown Bendigo and there'd be a gorgeous girl and a handsome man together and the mother would be beside the two of them as they're walking down the street and my father would always say 
You need to always look at what the mother and the father is like and you might see your future bride. And I, and I, I don't even know why he ever used to say this, but that's what he used to say because often what happens is that they are young and spunky and everything's doing well. Ma- male and female, I'm not just talking about one or the other. But what happens if they continue the habits of their parents, they will end up like their parents. Well, Julia says that to Josh all the time. Oh. What do their yeah, but, parents look but, like? Oh. <laughs> about girls. Oh, What's yeah. the look like? Yeah. <laughs> because, because, also, because it's true, isn't it? When we're young, even if we're eating badly and yeah. not looking after yeah. ourselves, sometimes youth is on our side and we can yeah. we can hide all those underings. So the bad habits that we learn from our parents certainly become exposed. You guys have written a number of books. Fitness and health is a massive part of your journey. Where did that begin for you, Julian? How did, how did you get into this? Um, yeah. I think it also, if I may answer the first question with this question as well. Is it my turn? That's what I do. I wait until it's my turn. <laughs> I know he, he does. Yeah. And you're in a room with four women. Yeah, Good, luck with that. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I think from my perspective, I don't like to think that everything is, I'm happy with anything. And that's not saying that I'm not happy. It's that I'm not able to compromise or I'm not able to be satisfied with the way things are going. And I'm not happy with everything in my life, so I'm just going to keep working at it until I feel that I've succeeded in it. Marriage is one of them. Kids is the other thing. Um, Physically, it's the same thing. I just want to keep working until I feel that, I don't know if I ever will, Mm. completely satisfied, happy that I'm not compromising on any little facet of that. That's that's how I approach our marriage, is always working on it. How can I make it better? How can I make it better? Because it's awesome, and it's getting better and better, but it's not that... Where we want, where I dream of is us being 60, 70 years old, surrounded by children and grandchildren, all bickering and arguing, and just the two of us. And crying. Oh, we just had a fall. It was just a bit of a fall. Yeah. And the two of us still sharing something that's unique to the two of us, so we have to work on that all the time. Mm. So that's a... That's, sorry, Oh, well, just the word compromise. You know, we before we even started this conversation, I said to Julius, I said, you don't compromise on anything, do you? And he went, what's that word? I've never heard that word. What is that word? And we're all, like, looking at him going, well, you know, compromise, you know what it means. It's a man who knows everything. You're a man who knows everything in your vocabulary. Even your wife said to you, but you're like a dictionary and you don't know what that word is. And, you know, that's it. You don't compromise, do you? I don't have many friends because of it, but... Oh, we love you. We love you. Just as well, you got a wife. But I think yeah. it's in, I think it's really fascinating because Cindy, a couple of podcast, well, a lot of podcasts ago, you mentioned that we needed to have a philosophy, mm-hmm. and I think we were talking about um, chiropractic or something along those lines, and you said we needed to have a philosophy, and you know, I think that that's certainly been one thing in the relationship that I've had with you guys is very clear in terms of your philosophy on life, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's, it's a philosophy of betterment. Yeah. It's a philosophy of expansion. And one thing you said to me, Julius, which I will never forget, and I've, I must have repeated this a thousand times. Well, actually, there's a, there's a handful of things. Let me just be honest about that. <laughs> but one thing I remember you saying to me is you said, why do we spend so much time dwelling on the past and what's broken and what doesn't work when the future is sitting right at the palm of our hands? It's right there. It's right in the moment that's coming up next. Why not just work to be the best version of ourselves in that next moment? And then once you've nailed that, then you know there's, there's more. 
there's always more, there's always better in the next moment. I've just put my own slant on that. Sounds good. But that's kind of what you said. I, I, I was thinking you did. You did. It's recorded. We can write it down. It's your byline. Take it. We've gone for a run um, yeah. at the trail there in yeah. uh, Brightwater. And Julius and I stood talking over our bonnets for about an hour afterwards. I think it was Christmas Day, was it? Wouldn't have been Christmas Day. Oh, was it Christmas Day? No, was it Christmas Eve? I don't know. Anyway, it was one of those because I know you had to go back because I felt really bad. But it was a real philosophical belief about what you just said there. It's it's about looking for always being more and creating more because our potential is so unknown. Yeah. Well, a great example of that is if we have somebody that comes to us for fitness, it's usually because they want to lose weight. Um, but what makes somebody into, and this is a good question for you, Kim, with your family, what makes somebody into an athlete that's a professional athlete that's different to me or to all of us that aren't professional athletes? What is it? It's just a decision where they finally say to themselves, I am. And they usually say that at a really young age and they're supported by people around them, but there are so many people who are a lot older who become professional Ironmen, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. triathletes, ultra-marathon. all those sorts of things, ultramarathon mm-hmm. runners, because they just decide one day, I am. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. I am mm. now. Yeah. Let's just move. I am. I am. I'm always an ultra runner from now on. Not I'm just fat or I'm old. I'm too this. I'm too that. Mm. I think that's what you, we were talking about that day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I want to add, which kind of ties it all in, in every woman around the world to be like, I want her husband. Oh, is Juliet one of the things that you say, which is amazing? <laughs> is um, this is awesome. It's all about me. <laughs> No, this we've ties got in marriage. We've got fans. We're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just totally pampering Julius. It's <laughs> got the right name for it, really, Caesar. Uh, <laughs> hey, clever you. Carry on, darling. Uh, yeah, so one of the things that Julius said a long time, like people are always looking to be happy. They're always thinking that will make them happier or I'll be happy when that happens or mm. I'm not happy with my husband or my wife and... We were talking one day because we're extremely honest with each other and Julie says, I don't understand why men have an affair or leave their wife or vice versa when really they think the grass is going to be greener on the other side but they're going to cycle through, have that honeymoon period, then it's going to be over and then it's going to be the same thing in a different marriage with a different person. So why not... I've got goosebumps because I love him so much. Why not make it work with the person that you've got first and understand that there's a journey with that then... Divorce because it's not working, and then try it with someone else, and try it with someone else. And hey, I love you, honey. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, that um, is why our marriage works. Is because yeah, there's going to be hard days, but you know what? Everyone has hard days, and I fall in more and more in love with Julius every day because we both want to make things better. We both want to be better, and we both want to achieve every single day and become a better person the next day as parents and as husband and wife as and as people as well. And you know what? I, I, oh, that's so beautiful. I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I think our work here is done. <laughs> well, we never had to help these guys. They've been helping themselves. Oh, that's <laughs> beautiful. But I, and I know that I've seen you guys out in public quite a lot and with the kids and at a christening with those with your kids. And <laughs> that was fun. That was, you know. But every kid was running around, you know. But it was, there was always a calm between you, you two. I don't ever see craziness because I was out yesterday and I was I was watching this couple with this these two children and they were screaming at these kids and all the kid wanted to do was go back to the beach you know and they weren't um 
like I watch you guys and even if, if one of the kids runs off another one just goes and picks them up and brings them back uh, and I just feel that you know you, you you've got it down pat you figured it out and you're doing it you're doing a really good job so I love let, watching let's it ask you. Yeah, let's, yeah let's let's yeah. ask it it's year seven what <laughs> yeah the itch. Lot to go. <laughs> what is the itch, yes. what is what is that what is it well, for, from a parent's perspective, we don't believe that we're the boss of our children. Our children have been brought to us and they're sharing a journey with us. And a lot of the times they're a lot wiser than us. I learn from my children every single day, even my one-year-old and two-year-old. So, And Josh is probably more um, mature than us, our 17-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he is an amazing young man. Yeah. Isn't yeah. he spectacular? Oh, my gosh. He oh, and so is good amazing. Look. And he is very good looking, yeah, I agree. He's got a major voice in our home. We never tell him to be quiet. If he has an opinion, it is heard and, and listened to. Mm. We have the same rule. We have the same thing. Every one of us has a voice. Yep. That our children have a right to tell us if they think we're misbehaving, yeah. which occasionally we do. And, but it has to be done with respect both ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that really, really... And what we do is if it's too emotional or too volatile or too upsetting because the two have had an argument or something, then the note just goes on the fridge. And every Sunday we bring it up when we're all calm and we're sitting in Sunday as our dinner time. And yeah, I tell you what, it is idea. never discussed in a bad way when you have that space and that respect for each other. Because the other thing for me, and I, I don't know if you'll agree, but... You know, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset. It's it's okay to cry. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to want to strive. How do we package that and how do we role model that in the best possible way to our children? And I think that's what you two, I don't know if you realise it or not, but your role modelling is one of the most exquisite tools and strategies that your children are watching and learning from every day. Yeah, I have a true. feeling Thank that um, I always think to myself if I am not being as great as I would like to be. Imagine if I'm being televised and this is going out to the world. Is this how I'd want the world to see me? Good. Good. And clever. Yeah, yeah very because clever. that's in those moments where you think no one else is watching. It's often family that we take out our worst behaviour with. So I always think, imagine if mm. a big brother camera is in on our house. Is this how we'd want the world to see us? And it's not so much that I care what they think, but it's more about how do I stay within... The realms of respect and re- in, and integrity as and well. integrity yeah, absolutely yeah. well that's a big one isn't it mm. so let's say that we do have a camera on you too can you give us a typical day like what time not how many times a day we don't need that <laughs> <laughs> honestly well you know once a year <laughs> on anzac so day lest yeah. we forget <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what does your day look like? Yeah, let, give us a day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, um, we get up early because Alexis wakes sometimes at 4.30 uh, and start our day. Julius will try and start work then, like go into the office and come out. We'll have breakfast together and then at some point... So breakfast at what time? Sorry, I'm being really, I want to really understand your day. Um, breakfast start. Yeah, about 6 o'clock. And sometimes we'll try and do a workout early, but a lot of the time our workout will happen at lunch really quickly. If we can do one together, that's awesome. We love to do that together. But otherwise, Julius will watch the kids while I do a workout and vice versa. Uh, and then I watch the kids while Julius works and then they go down um, at about 11.30. Julius will take a quick break, come out and help me get them down to bed. And then, or if you're flat out, I'll just do it on my own. And then if Josh is home, it's even better because he's like an extra parent because <laughs> he's 17. 
So it's all it's chaos, like it's but it's kind of organised chaos because the house isn't always going to be tidy, and I had to realise that at some point with that many children that my house was not going to be spotless every second of the day, and just to get over it. Um, so then once they're asleep, I work until a, and then Julius will get them up at two. He spends time with them. Then I work if I need to till about four. And then we have family time. Then there's dinner, bath and bed, which we're both always involved in. We, that's, um, we like to keep that as calm as possible. So for one person to achieve bath and bedtime on its own is pretty full on. So we make sure we're both around for that. And then we work at night or read at night or work out at night, depending on if we've got a fair bit of work to do. We go back to work at 6.30 at night when the kids go to sleep. And we work till sometimes 10 or 11. And then the whole day cycles again. So... Wow. This is five days a week or seven days a week? Sometimes seven. Seven days a week. And you don't compromise your day. Like if some a girlfriend rings and goes, hey, oh, let's well, go they and don't, have coffee. They don't bring us anymore. They don't even realise because we don't drink alcohol because, again, that's compromising on our health and, and we choose not to drink alcohol. So that kind of limits well, us to well, being invited. Would you say it's compromising on our health or it's more that we don't want to be hung over the next day? Exactly. Lose a day. But pe- people, we don't get invited to a lot of things, do we? Because no, I think people almost get no nervous devices. about feeding us or <laughs> drinking in front of us and we're, like we're judging them. It's not. We just choose to this live our life. life. Mm. So you're not judging. It's just your choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And we absolutely... My family drink, Julissa's family drink, but we just choose not to, and that's just makes us... It's our choice. And you know what? I look at you two, and, and I look at the way you do things, and you do things the opposite to everyone else. Like, if what everyone else is doing, you run like hell the other way, I notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. And, and I look at your success, and I look at what you're doing and obviously what the rest of the community is doing is perhaps not right perhaps we should not be drinking the way we're drinking perhaps we shouldn't be we should be getting up early perhaps we should be not compromising on our health on our family values and things like that perhaps it is okay for men to be involved in the home as much as someone like julius and perhaps it's okay yeah yeah but you're a new generation Mm. why would you not but you look at the old generation, and there's a lot of men still in that generation, Julius. Yeah, I'm sure all those men, 33, I'm sure all of those men would have loved to have been more involved with their kids when they get older. They'll think to themselves, you know, it would have been nice rather than sitting at the pub being with the mates. Mm. And they'll try and be better grandparents because of that. Yeah, good grandparents. Because my overwhelming philosophy on parenting is it's not making kids grow up, it's... I want them to be, to be able to, when they are grown up, to choose me as a friend for... And be as independent a, as a good of us. friend, and also that it's important that they're independent of us, mm. and that they choose to be my friend. It's not an ownership system that of seems course. to be this old school way of thinking about kids. So where did I you? Know, get... I might mess them up. They're all young, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought. Where did you get that from? I mean, has that philosophy or, or, or concept of parenting? Have you inherited that from your own family, or no. how is that? How is that? come to be a part of the way that you exist as a, as a father? Um, I just, I guess, like to think about things a lot. You are a deep thinker. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's just something I, I noticed with friends and with coaching rugby teams and that sort of thing. You get the, I guess, the vicarious parents or the show parents who are more living through their kids or they see their kids as an instrument to their success, not somebody that they've been blessed to have in their family and in their lives because a lot of people can't have kids either and that's another thing but they've you know you see these people just almost abusing these children and they grow up and they carry that stuff because i carry stuff from my childhood not that i was abused or anything but 
I still carry stuff from my childhood. We all do. Um, and it's so important to me that these kids, when they do get to my age, they have no issues that I've given to them. Whatever they get from whatever their choices are, that's their stuff. But I don't want them to have any daddy issues. I just want to be their mate. That's all. Who writes the amazing stories that I read in, like, your Monday motivations and your books? And who comes up with those amazing... Do you, well, we both do. Do you both do, do you? Well, jo- we always talk about great ideas. storytellers. Well, first of all, explain what your business is yeah. so that people okay. can understand what why I'm asking do. this question yeah. because I love your stories. Yeah. <laughs> we just spew out of our heads <laughs> on the paper and people buy it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. How, well, tell us what your business is, where it started and what you well, do we started, and where you want Julie to take started it. started in finance and hated it. You did it, but you just felt dirty with it. You felt like... Um, will you explain that? Why did you? Yeah, well, I was in financial planning in the time where it was a boom sort of economy. And I wasn't doing financial planning. I was doing the plans for the financial planners and doing all the, I guess, the groundwork behind. And one day one of the guys rang me at about 8 o'clock at night and asked me to explain to their client what the modelling was going to do for them eventually. Um, and we were charging, I think, $300 a plan, 600 or something like that. And he was getting a $30,000 commission. And I said, this is just... These people, this is a family with kids, because I get to see the, got to see all the names and kids' names, cars and everything. This is a family with kids that is now going to be putting, they're putting all of their trust into a good salesman who has no idea what he's selling. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. It was an amazing business we had. We were making so much money, but it was, it was a big thing to throw away. Sean just started the gym, and um, so I just jumped in there with her. So you were together at this stage, and you and, yeah. and you were doing um, the gym. Well, I was in radio and left to open the gym, and then shortly after that, Julius came over and we went, ran the gym together. But we wanted to increase our family life and have more kids, so um, we decided to start working out a way that we could work from home together and build our family and um, and really work at um, building a successful legacy and stuff for our children. So, yes, <laughs> you have a big voice in this house, don't you? Um, so, yeah, that's how it kind of started the transition. And we had it at, um, the one point I was that, you know how there's always a catalyst for change? The one point we had the gym and we had a trainer that um, just before Christmas, Alexis was three months old. This is our three-year-old. Um, took 40 of our clients and started his own business. So it was $6,000 a week off our bottom line of our of our gym, and that was a point where we were like, wow, we've got to work out another way for us to have ongoing income without that just happening so fast. And that's how um, our first book was came about and then our second, and we've got it down pat to writing a book in two weeks from start to finish. So, mm. yeah. Can I just go back to the, the, the personal trainer that took those people away from you? Yeah. Now... I know a lot of people that would probably go, they ruined my business, they've ruined my life, and then there's a downward spiral for the rest of their lives. How did you... Or they hold on to that grudge. Yeah, they hold on to that grudge. How did you... You obviously, by what you just said, you thought of it very differently. You went, well, we don't want that to happen again. This is what we need to do. So rather than seeing it as a doomsday prophecy, you actually saw it as, right, we're doing something different. Yeah, yeah, and... How did you think that way? Like, not many people think that way. I think we were way. more worried about the people that he'd taken because he could only have so much energy to give to them. And we, we have the capacity to influence far more people and we don't want our influence to be 
diluted by someone like that. So it's a good thing for us to realize mm. then that what we were trying to help people with was being seen as a means for somebody to profit. And he wasn't just profiting off us, that's, that's irrelevant, he was profiting off these clients. And eventually he shut down after about a month or so. And yeah, then, so those clients then... And they were all no embarrassed one. because they didn't want to come back, that sort of thing. But um, wow. So we thought, why not... You know, and personal training is one of those things where you can charge a lot of money for very little time. And we both think that there are far more efficient ways and far cheaper ways of getting fit and getting healthy than seeing personal training. We don't even do it, do it anymore ourselves. Yeah. And really also, those clients were never ours. We don't own them. They have a right to follow the trainer that they love. So for us, it just was a real um, thought process around, well, hang on a second, how can we um, share what we have with people so they have it forever? They can buy a book and have it forever or they can have an online program and have it forever rather than having to pay every single week and one day they may leave. And I just get... Julius is very logical and I'm very emotional so um, I used to get really emotionally cut up if someone would leave. It was like I was losing a child, and you never really did. So because um, he's just very <laughs> emotionless. So we kind of work well together because I'm emotional and he logical. Yeah, he kind of makes me think logically when I need to, and I'm like, hey, come on, be a bit easier on that person. <laughs> but I think also on that note, um, when some when you're doing personal training, you used to do personal training, mm. you're giving so much energy to people, one day, and it'll be the same with coaching, one day you can, you feel like you just nailed it, and that person is left feeling inspired, mm. and, and you can see the glow around them, and they walk out, and you're like, I nailed that, I absolutely nailed that, the next day, not as much, it's almost like the timing's not right, if you write a book, and you write it right, or just a chapter in a book, you write it right, that feeling goes on forever, forever. eternally. Mm. And that's what we enjoy about writing yeah. books is that we just have to write it once. And we still get emails now from and what we feel like is an old mm. book. Yeah, you guys be the same with them. What you feel like is such an old book mm. is getting, you know, people, it's new to everybody who just reads it and it's like, wow, I loved it. It's profound. And you, and you, know, you know when you've written it well, you know that that's going to be the response and that's what we like. And people getting an email, and you guys will get the same emails from people saying, thank you so much, I've, this, I've read this book for the 10th time or the 11th time, and it just got me back on track, so thank you. And you, it's amazing, it's mm -hmm. such a special thing to hear that. Mm. I downloaded um, Your Philosophy 1 onto my phone, because I was going to the Himalayas, and, and I read it between Singapore and um, getting to Kathmandu, and it was... Like it got me. So she ended up climbing Mount Everest. Oh, I did. <laughs> it's, it's so true. No, Actually, Annapurna. No, seriously, I, I climbed Annapurna. <laughs> and then paraglided down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How he wanted to chop her out, but I wanted to hike out. So. <laughs> but I, I, Sorry, you know, like it, it is. You you have inspirational stories, but it was so funny. I remember finishing it and going. What do I do now? You know, and that's what I was like. I was, and and now you brought out Philosophy too. Have you read it yet? No, I haven't. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I haven't read um, number two yet. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I've read it. All right. Well, you tell us what yeah. happens. Does she? Does they tell us what we do next? Yeah, it's more strong. What I love the way you guys write is quick. 
I like it's I to the it. point, I yeah, it. and it's it's easy to read, mm. and you can read a chapter or you can dip into it, and you don't have to read it cover to cover to get the gist of the story. But I did read it, and probably, yeah. and I'm someone who takes a long time to read books because I take in every word, and then I have to I highlight, and then I like to take notes. But this, I read this over two nights, which is pretty amazing for me because I'm tired whenever I get into bed because it's been such a full day. But what I really loved about well, what I've loved about all of your books. And you said it at the beginning, Shani, is the honesty. And I think your honesty and your integrity that comes through is what has me believe I'm just like you or you're just like me, which means I can do it. I can do it just like you. I can live and you can. truth. Yes. That's absolutely But right. what makes the difference? Oh, you know, I've got an answer. Can I answer? Good. Please. <laughs> what makes the difference between what makes you guys do it and another person sit and procrastinate? Okay, that wasn't the question I was going to answer. No, you answer it all. Got you. The first one was when we do write. What we what we absolutely love to do is believe that we have no right to tell you what to do. We have no right because you guys have all of our readers have their own experience of their lives. But if I can put three pieces of a puzzle in front of you and you put the puzzle together yourself, you believe it's so much more that it's yours than if it was my idea telling you what to do. That's probably the secret to the success of our writing, is because you feel like you've discovered something. That's how we put it in front of you. Absolutely. Mm. Um, that's how it feels. Really. That's how it feels mm. when I read your stories. Okay. Mm. You know, I have this. We did it. Oh. Yeah, you do. You do. Whenever I read, just I love your stories. Yeah. I've been, I've been but there's really there's no right way for everything. So there's no right eating plan, as you would know. Like yeah. everyone has to work out what works for them yeah. with everything, with sport, with how to parent. Yeah, no if right you discover wrong. it for yourself, it's yours, and you will hold on to that thing for life. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's cool for us, is we don't want to tell people, because there's so many people telling, telling, telling. And that's what we're one, wanting as parents to bestow on our children, isn't it? It's, it's that ability to actually feel it and know it for themselves, based on the knowledge and information they get. So our job is actually to give them the opportunity to see all things, to then create yes. their own opinions, values, and stories. Yeah, it's really interesting. The story. Hang on a second. Just had another question, question to answer. I just wanted yeah, yeah. to add to what Julia said. Oh, okay. Add, all right. Go for no, no, no. I'll on. save it. I'll save it. <laughs> no, but then we might be off track. I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'll save. Just remind me peanut going? butter. Okay. okay. You're allergic to peanut butter. You'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and the second question was, how do we write a book so fast? Yeah. What, what, how do we just what do it? What makes you do it, as opposed to somebody talking about it for 20 years? What makes you guys live an uncompromised life as opposed to someone who compromises everything? I, I want to know what you think it is that has created, like, and I watch you put these books out. You know, I'm, I'm picking up all the books. We still haven't talked about all the books, but I watch you put these books out and, and I watch the way you market it and, and most people couldn't be bothered. So what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? Shani, probably both like different that. with this. Maybe. Shani does this. She is amazing. She she really will not stop when it comes to promoting or marketing or PR and stuff like that. But it's, well, it's, it's even what you've done um, in your exercise. It's everything. It's not just yeah. one thing you do in your life. It's how you do. One it, thing is how you do everything. And one of the things I'm not comfortable with is being a gunner or saying I'm going to do. I'm not comfortable with that at all. And maybe that's what drives me to make sure that everything that I do has integrity and, and I'm moving forward and I say what, um, I do what I say I'm going to do for my children, for everything. And when Josh was 10 one day, he said to us, which 
changed our parent or changed our parenting, but really it stuck with us. Is he said, please, um, I hate how you break promises to me. Oh. And even to this day, we thank him. We say thank you, Josh, because you said that it, and were honest with us. We now have never ever broken a promise again with you or with the other children. Yeah. So thank you for um, having the courage to just tell us what was on your mind. But so. and, and thank for her, from his point of view, how many of us are blessed to have a parent that would take that Absolutely. in the way that it was intended? Now that is that is quite remarkable in itself because for a lot of people they think I'm the mother, I'm the father do as I say, not as I do, or yeah. they don't want to be told, particularly from children, how, particularly if they've done something wrong. I think that's massive, that you've given them the ability to have the strength and courage to do that, the the openness. the And that's personal development, wanting to be better every day, because we do treat our children as equal when, when mm. we seriously are no better than they are, and, and we just want them to feel like we're a family, we're all equal. And the other on the other note with... Um, why I sort of push forward to do things. You know, when you have something and you get an idea and you've got a gut feel about it, we just go with our gut. So really, if we had like fit, the Fit Mum program, I woke up and I said to Julius, it's got to be done, we've got to start filming. And he's like, oh, we've got so many other things to do, where are we going to fit it in? I said, I, I'm just going to make it happen. And we had it done, how long did it take, a week? Mm-hmm. But it meant so much to me to have it done, so we squeezed it in. So how I many of you inspired in the Fit Mum program now? Thousands? Well, I, you do the technical side, so how many? Close to 10,000. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So well, you went, how did you, first of all, okay, so fat was a big thing for you. How did you get to the point where you were 30 plus kilos overweight? And your husband was about to leave you. Was that what happened? <laughs> we've, got, we've, we've got a pause in there. <laughs> A clause in our prenup that you can gain weight while you're pregnant. (laughs) I was still in that 12 month window. (laughs) Then I kept falling pregnant again, so I'm like, still pregnant. (laughs) Look at this big butt. (laughs) How many kilos did you lose? Um, I lost 24 in eight weeks, and it was just, again, enough's enough. Mm. I felt horrible as a mum. I was getting upset. I was getting angry, and Josh didn't want to spend time with me and I was like wow I'm not a nice person um right now I need to work myself out because I didn't feel good about myself that's why um and it's not no one else it's no one else's problem but mine to fix and so I just started and Josh and Julius would sit on the couch and enjoy some homemade ice cream or whatever they wanted and I'd just go to bed because I didn't want to watch them eat it so I'd be in bed at seven o'clock at night and yeah. one thing that kept me going. <laughs> hey, that came out loud yeah. and on recording. So I'm just saying. I wasn't happy. And you basically said to me as well, you need to find your happiness. Um, so at that point, one day. <laughs> you need to find your happiness because I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> I love it. And then one day, jo- Julius was driving Josh back to boarding school. Um, and Ju- you got home from dropping him off and you said, you know what Josh said to me in the car today? Um, he said, wow, what have mum's done it? Or what was the thing that he said? And that was my Mum's shredded and we're still fat. It's never <laughs> yeah, meant to like, be this way. He was proud of me for oh, what I had achieved. So in that moment for my, well, he was 16 or whatever at the time, for my 16-year-old to be proud of me 
for what I've achieved, it then catapulted me into my final at 10 kilos or whatever <laughs> I had to lose. And then I got in a bikini and there's no better feeling than that. So and those are tiny little bikinis. We're tiny little bikinis. And I've, I've never done that, not even when I was 15 or 16, had I ever achieved being in a bikini confidently, walking around the beach in a bikini. So that feeling is way better than food, let me tell you. <laughs> these, these beautiful listeners um, listened to me last year at the end of the year do my eight-week program. Mm. <laughs> Who else listened? Mm, our listeners. Uh, you two. What, what, what oh. are we not here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every time time they'd come in they'd see me and I'd be saying can you see my abs can you see my abs um but you're right there's something shiny about you just said something then about having having your children or your husband people really close to you proud of you you know when we did the bikini shoot for me my daughter stuck her picture might that a picture of me in the bikini on her instagram page and went check it out my mum's a milf And she doesn't say, she doesn't post stuff. And she's also, like Julius, will not pay out compliments if it's not necessary. You've got to earn the right. She's very honest. She's very upfront. So for her to write that, I just went, well, if that eight weeks, and and it actually didn't mean anything to me until, as much as it meant to me, until I saw those words and my husband just going, because Julius said to me, uh, Shani said, the, the most amazing thing is when your husband just finds you irresistible all the time. And I think to have Julius and my husband both telling me I had a great butt is just actually quite And lovely. you do have a good butt, by the way. <laughs> she does. And it changed. Her butt changed. Yeah. Because I was at the photo shoot. And, yes, she, you, did, you didn't mind showing anything off, actually. No, no you did and, really well. And, and still don't. It was just before when we walked into the room to do the podcast. Oh, there was it was a dress for and I saw her freckle. <laughs> and you were proud, weren't you? Like, that's one good freckle. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, that's what I said. <laughs> but there's something inspirational about having a protocol, a program. If you don't know what to do, like this is what I find interesting yeah. about all of us in a way, is that we're just learning ourselves and then when we find something that's magical, I think the gift in learning is is helping to serve others with that yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Um, and that's something you guys do incredibly well. And it's also, you know what's beautiful, and Cindy said this at a recent podcast about Julius, is that even though you change nappies and you're bathing kids and you're, and you're out there doing it hands-on, and even though you're running and a business... And he spray tans me. And he's, well, that... That's not There's bad, a, though. He spray tans <laughs> you. Right. Every Friday night, he... Shh, you know, like the girls do. It's like, if a girl can do this, I can do it. It's so cute. So you're standing there, oh, no, but stark knackers, and he's tanning you. You know in the tent? Like, with yeah, the yeah, yeah, tent, yeah, Like, yeah. you go in to get a spray tan. Yeah. Julius does it for me, because it's easier for us to do it at home. She's like, let's get the kit. I'll do it for you. <laughs> do you wax her, too? No. Bending <laughs> forward, lifting. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, where was I going with that? You were bending forward. Oh, and, and yes. When you were doing the program, it's good to have a protocol. I think you were talking about sharing it with other people when yeah. you've learned I was stuff. Changing nappies. Changing it. Yes, you said that, Shani, that, that the most beautiful thing is that. No, Cindy's me. Was that Shani and Julius are an amazing couple, but the beautiful thing is that there is definite femininity and there's definite masculinity. What we're saying is it's not it's not 
unmasculine to change a baby's nappy. It's in fact it's more romantic, it's more beautiful for a wife to have a husband help in that way. And I'm sure in the same way it's just as beautiful for you to see your wife get fired up with PR and marketing and running and owning yeah. something like a business. So what is your secret to that? What how do you not take offence or or feel intimidated by the other or does that not even enter your vocabulary? And if someone's listening to this who's got a husband that feels overpowering or a wife that's running the roost, what would your advice be? Um it's a very good question. And I don't think I think when Sean says that we don't compromise, we don't compromise on that at all. If we if we're very vocal about something that we don't want to do. Um but why? I, I still, once again, don't understand why you would not want to be involved with the children. Why is it a woman's job to change a nappy? That does, I just don't get it. Why? Can you answer that? Why is it? Well, it's just, when we first met um, years ago, I know that you did believe at the time that a woman's place is in the kitchen and cleaning. I and never said that. Remember, oh, honey, remember. No. You did. Here we go. You did. Okay. Well, let's just no, say... No, but not in that chauvinistic way, but you were just... Still, the traditional role. The traditional role, and it wasn't, yeah. and you weren't as bad as some are. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and also being South African, I'm yes. South African, so is Julius. Yeah. And in South Africa, it's very traditional that the wife is the cook and the cleaner and the mother and the nurturer and the house person. It's very, you know, traditional that way. Yeah. Anyway, and I do remember it was in the unit the in the bar. The I maid, remember the, the maid, moment yes, very well. And at that point, um, obviously I vocalised that it's, you know, I really want a relationship that's 50-50 and moving forward from that moment and, and how our relationship has always grown and why I feel that I fall more, more and more in love with you every day is you're willing to change and you're willing to take, if I'm not happy with something and vice versa, we're willing to grow and change and be better every day. I think if you just go, you know what, today, to, today I was the best person I could be and tomorrow I'm going to work on being better as a parent and your, your IMs and all that sort of stuff and your, your gratitude comes into all of that. But I think if people can just work on being better instead of just uh, sitting dormant and being comfortable with where they're at, just happy to grow every day. And Josh is the same. He's ha he wants to grow because he's around us and each of our children want to be better every single day. So what would you do then? If pe you, you made a comment before. I just want to bring it up again. People come into your sphere of influence. They come into your realm of, of family, say Josh might have a girlfriend or there's new people that come into your life, what if they don't share the same philosophies and values? Do they spin themselves out or do you guys whip them out? Just ask them. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the people that aren't within alignment of what our beliefs or aren't congruent with what we want, we, we don't have them in our life. Well, you mentioned that before we started the podcast, didn't you? Like you guys were saying that you're very quick to have people either in your life or out of your life. They're either aligned or they're misaligned. Yeah, and, and that no might sound in... really harsh and, and arrogant, I guess. It's actually not. I yeah, think it's probably the, it's, it's the most effective way of of living because you're not expending energy yeah. with a friendship or a relationship that doesn't it's serve toxic. either one of you. Yeah. Julius, you said something to me when I was doing the body, the, um, the bikini fit mum challenge, and I said to Julius and Shani that I had put a post on Facebook because I was really excited about doing the program, and I did it to become a better version of myself. And who says at forty-five years of age you can't wear a bikini? And why can't I? And I was so inspired by you both. But by posting that comment on Facebook, I had a number of people give me negative feedback, like, who do you think you are? Um, you're not creating a great role model. 
if you're not perfect, then how on earth is there any hope for us? Like it was quite, like I felt really bad. I remember coming to you guys and saying, I feel sick. I shouldn't have said anything. I should. And Julius's words to me were, the more people that hate you, the more successful you're getting. In other words, the more people that don't, I, I took it in the way of the, the people that are, I guess, aren't aligning with me are, are probably meaning that the people that are aligned with me are even more special or even it more. It makes room for them. It, it makes, makes room for them. more. And it's not you, it's them and what they're dealing with in that moment. And if they say something negative to you, you've got to remember that it's not you, it's them and what they're going through in their life. And it's if very, that's very yeah. important to remember that, isn't it? Because yeah. oh. then our own emotions I've got a come up. analogy for that. I just thought up. Ready for it? This yeah. is okay, an explosive. Good. I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> Imagine we're all fish and we're swimming down this river. We're all swimming together and you decide you're the fish in the other front and you decide that it's the wrong way to go and you want to turn around and you want to go a different way for your path. Swimming back the other way, you're going to bump into quite a lot of other fish along the way. As they go past you, they're going to be pissed off at you. But they're going to keep swimming and eventually down the line they'll go, oh, she still hasn't followed us. She's over there. She's probably found that place she wants to be at, so I'm going to turn around this way. Then we're going to go through the same journey. Just because you stayed in your integrity and didn't budge or argue back or feel the need to prove anything to them, you just keep going because you know that's the way you've got to go. They're sorry, I'm in the way. Sorry, sorry, bump, bump, bump. They're eventually going to down the line follow you yeah. or go wherever they want to go. Mm. I would never worry about someone. Not but I think, it, I think that's right. It gives Feelings people permission. What's that? Billions of people in the world. Yeah. So, so you're saying your word, your advice is don't worry about people that don't like you. No. Yes. Don't even give it energy. I've been looking. I'm trying to look up on Facebook. But if you're swimming with all the rest of the fish, then you will always have people like you. So you're not doing what you want to do. You Mm -hmm. feel like you're following. I mean, some people that they enjoy following, but for us, we've never really liked following just for the sake of following. Mm -hmm. If you know that there's a different way for you to go, go for it. You will piss people off because you'll be bumping into them. And you'll, they'll see themselves in you and they'll realise that, oh, geez, this is... If she does this... So you're already skinny. If you lost more weight and got a bikini body, what's it to me? I'm much fatter. I, I, you know, I'm wearing clothes to cover my bits and you're now wearing bikinis to accentuate your good bits. How am I ever going to get to that? They'll eventually do it. Yeah. And actually, what's interesting is I was... Oh no, yeah. that's a yeah, choice. And that's right? their choice. Yeah. What's interesting is I was walking um, yesterday and um, I saw three people greet each other. So two very big women and another woman coming up the beach in a bikini looking fantastic. And the two women that are coming at, like from the walking track towards her say, Can you get any more skinny? Aww. Oh yeah. Did she say, Can you get any more fat? <laughs> But you know, Joyce, I thought exactly the same thing. I thought, how come you're allowed to say that she's skinny when in actual fact she looked fantastic? (laughs) But if you say to somebody, well, can you get any more fat? Yeah. You are a total like oh my god. He gosh. would say that in public, but I know he would. <laughs> no doubt. Did you see that there was no but people, delay? People, people thinking it. People think this. Yeah, and, and, and but I they just, use it as a put down. They do. Mm, Can you yeah. get it? She looked amazing. She was in her fifties, yeah. but I've made a like philosophy a since I was in my twenties. If I see someone, male or female, that looks amazing, I you tell say them. them. Yeah, yeah, you do. I tell them. Because they don't hear it enough. No. It's because you're confident with who you are. Is that what you think? Yeah, I do. And I also, one of the most common emails we get and, and posts we get from people is them 
getting picked on because they're having a salad at work and they're saying no to the pies or whatever stuff that come in. Mm. They get some people are embarrassed to take a salad to work because of the the shit or the slack that they're going to get. Mm. Jack Cruz, who I absolutely love, he's an American neurosurgeon and he writes on Facebook. He says this: "Liking me is not your job. It is mine. I have to live with myself mm. and you with yourself." Nice. Nice. So, and then he says, "Night." <laughs> he does this, <laughs> he does this every night. He'll go, "Night," and I'll like, "No, no, go, go." <laughs> but liking me is not your job; it's mine. I have to live with myself and you with yourself. I just mm. think that's great. Who cares? Yes. Mm. And another reason when we go out in public with our kids, when we go to a restaurant <laughs> with three oh, or four, Josh is civilized at seventeen. Thank goodness. <laughs> but the three under three. We allowed they get we get food all over the restaurant, um, and if we worried about what people thought, I, I used to sort of be like oh, and trying to clean up. And Julie's was like, "Honey, it doesn't matter what anyone around us thinks. Let's just focus on our family and enjoy our meal exactly. together." And when we go in with that attitude to a restaurant or wherever, christening or wherever we are, um, it works out a lot um, happier and a better situation when we just don't care. Yeah, yeah. when we panic. It's yeah, it goes chaos. Like the kids must know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you know what? You're never going to make everybody happy. So try and make yourselves happy mm. because that's what's who's important. Not the person that is next to you at a restaurant that's having a narky time because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon that's what you two teach the most. Be comfortable in your own skin, and if you're not, do something about it. You know, like, yeah. don't sit here complaining to me or don't wish to me. Do something about it. But I love the honesty. I love the integrity that you both share. I always have these little Shani and Julius moments in my head. Oh, sit, no, seriously. <laughs> when, I, when I'm thinking, and I'm just like Who's I have kids. Well, I have kids in my head quite often. And then when I go to eat something, I have Cindy there right on my shoulder. But I think you're what we, I think we all need mentors, role models, people we look up to, aspire to, or at least enjoy being around. And and I think that mirroring of behaviour is fantastic when you're actually someone around people you want to be or want to be like or want to enjoy their company of. So what would be your message to parents out there that are working their own business or even if they're working for someone else, they're full on and busy. There's always an excuse why we don't look after ourselves, mm-hmm. why we get fat. There's always a reason why we don't buy the right foods or, or look after our kids in the best way Spend possible. Spend time with each other. Spend time with each other. There's always an excuse why we don't work on our relationship. What Have you got a three-step rule or a, um, a protocol or a philosophy apart from honesty? But how do you work that in? I mean, I, your date nights are going for a trick run. No, no, date night was Julius getting a pedicure. I, I saw, saw that. <laughs> I cracked up. I went, and, and I couldn't believe you said it to Josh. It was perfect. <laughs> Just for the listeners. You every the listeners. Shani sometimes posts on her Facebook page that they're having date night, yeah. and often you'll see the two of them going for a trek through the hills or... Like, their idea of a date is actually a beautiful time out working their beautiful bodies and enjoying each other's company. And the other day, the post was Julia sitting there in one of those big armchairs having a pedicure. And it was great. Let me see your toes. Yeah, let me see your toes. Oh, they're so fun. And the guy said to Julius, would you like some, would you like some? Color. Lost color. And he's like, no thanks. (laughs) 
tape went out and he left. <laughs> so, but, so, yeah, what would your advice be? We probably have a different answer to each, so I'll let Shani answer first and then I'll see if I can better it. <laughs> They're not competitive maybe? much. No, right? not at all. Well, for us, it's just. Um, there's no such thing as can't. You can achieve everything. You can fit everything into your day. Your day may not go the way you've planned it to go, but you can still achieve everything in your day. And there's a lot of wasted time. Well, people have time. This is you. People have time. No, I see you say this all the time. You don't do this. Is, um, people waste time on Facebook and, and things like that, but then they say they don't have time to go for a run. It's like, well, just ditch the Facebook for the day and go for your run or your swim or whatever. So you can achieve everything. You I can fit everything ex- in. I have used that excuse. I will confess. <laughs> she has. She has. <laughs> Julius calls it but dead shitting. But not Julius. Calls it what? Facebooking or anything like that. Dead shitting. Have you dead shitting? Like, are you dead shitting? Meaning, are you on Facebook doing nothing? No. Nice. That's going to be in my head every time I go on Facebook. And rightfully so. I think I'm going to have that tattooed on my forehead. I found myself procrastinating on Facebook. Procrastinating a lot on Facebook, and I've started running back. I've started running again. I noticed that, and I'm just having such a. I'm having such a fat time with it. And um, P H A T fat. I've got it. Mm. But but I do find I do find facey kind of gets a bit distracting when you use it for business. But so anyway, so you can't. You can achieve everything. You can achieve everything. Um, And just trying to be according to plan. And just try and be a better version of yourself every day. A better, well, for me, a better wife, a better mother, a better friend. Do you ever stuff up? Oh, yeah, every day, but it's my problem and I've just got to get over it and keep moving on. I'm not perfect. How do you get over it? I just, um, in that moment, um, like, for example, if I had the day planned out or something planned out and didn't go according to plan, it's like, well, it's okay, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, you've got kids or whatever the reason might be. And just move on. So I kind of self-coach myself through it. Mm. So I just kind of talk to myself for a moment and realise that whatever's gone on, it's no one else's problem but myself and work out a solution. So just try and be positive rather than... Do you ever feel a failure, Shani? No, I don't. I don't. Because I think that every experience that we go through in our life is an opportunity to learn and grow from. So... A mistake is not a mistake. It's a, a learned lesson and then you're like, okay, how can... Yeah, do you agree with me? You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can move forward. You can waste time and, and feel sorry for yourself and be a victim, but you don't need to be a victim in your own life because you, each day you only have that day once. You never get... Like, today's gone, it never comes back again. So for each day you need to be... And live it like it's the only chance you're going to get to live this day. Mm, that's a good one, isn't it? Can and one of the things... Yeah, sorry. Go but, but can on. I just... Because I yeah. think that this is important because you kind of said something and I think it would have slipped right by our listeners. And I wrote it down and two of the things you said that keeps you on track is I ams and gratitude. Can you just address that and then we'll go to... Yeah, we both do I ams and gratitude. Like, Julius is obsessive over it. He does it regularly and it's beautiful. You've changed... Cha- have changed yours changed a few times. Time, yeah. yeah. So do you want to talk about that? Because you were very into I am's. And gratitude. Yeah. Mm. I am. <laughs> no, I you, am Julius. Your I am's are beautiful and they're not yeah. about you. No, I, you're right. They have gone from um, when I first started doing I am's and heard about them, it was in a business thing. And they were all um, things that I wanted. So I am rich. I am 
powerful, I am influential, and all those sorts of things. And then it became more about the person I was. So for me, one of the, one of the things that I've always wanted to do, and I haven't yet, is I am physical perfection. It really helps me when I'm running, or when you're starting to get to that point where it really hurts, is to keep repeating that in your head, I am physical perfection, I am physical perfection. Um, that's all, that one is still there, um, one of the top ones. Um, I, am the, um, I am the instrument of joy um, for my family, and that's, that's a big one for me. Um, and I'm, I am grateful for all the chaos and perfection in my life. That's another one that messes with my head a bit when I say it, and it has so many different meanings depending on when I say it. Um, but gratitude's a big thing because if I'm not grateful for what I've gotten, and I've got so much to be grateful, I'm really blessed to have the life I have now at such a young age, um, then you don't notice um, all the things that you want. You never really notice achieving them or, or that they actually just become, you know, you can become the person you keep saying to yourself, I am, I am, I am. Um, and then, so moving from that point to your what's my secret for life, what I believe, is if you are listening to this now and you're thinking, how can I become perfect? The best place to start is on deathbed, flat broke. Because if you are morbidly obese and you're about to die, your heart is extremely powerful because it's been carrying around a 100, 200 kilo body for this long. You would not believe the power of a fat person's heart when they lose their weight and they're carrying around so much less. So if I was to... Have been, if you feel like you're way too big and you can never get, um, you're never going to get fit or anything, just think when you do lose your weight, how phenomenal an athlete you're going to be. Your joints and everything are going to be incredible. Um, the same thing goes for if you're broke. If you're absolutely flat broke, then you know how to count every cent. You know how to live on a dollar a day or ten bucks a week. You can do it. It's possible. But if you've always been handed stuff, and we love to do this, and we're going to keep doing it with the rest of the kids, um, with Josh, is to, if he asks for something, to, to tell him no. It's okay to say no for a lot of things like that because he needs to get financial independence, which we never had. But then we learnt the hard way by just becoming flat broke and trying to look after kids with no cash. Um, mm. We learnt that. And it's the same with, with everything in life. Is No matter where you are, it's, it's a great place to start. Um, and what you've learnt to get there will power you through into being so much better of an athlete. Like, you imagine if Lance Armstrong was fat when he first started? Can you imagine the machine he would have actually become? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That, that well, plays takes, in my mind a lot. Do you think, I mean, am I going down the wrong track here? To get morbidly obese or overweight or to become broke and all of those things, that takes commitment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just reverse it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Obsession. You, know, you know, to have an eating disorder... Yep. You have to be organized. You have to be able to figure out where you're going to do whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to hide things from people. There, there are actually you. You actually have to have strategies. Strategies, and, and if you can put those strategies into the right things, rather than having yep. an eating disorder or or anything like that, people just don't realize they actually do have all of what they need in order to be great people. That's a real aha, uh -huh, I think, mm. and a really amazing way to, um, you know, bring us towards the end of the podcast as well because I think most of us don't actually feel like there are other alternatives. You know, I 
work with a lot of a lot of people who feel very trapped and feel very stuck in one way or another, either with their bodies or in their relationships or in their businesses. They feel very or stuck life. because or life in yeah. general. Because they're at the best of what they know they know. And I think that this is really this last point here has been amazing because it's actually shown them that they think they don't know, but they actually know more than what they think they know. Mm-hmm. And if they can be so good at being obese or so good at being the unhealthy victim in their life. or being so good as the victim, too right. Mm. They've got the strategies, they've got the skills. Now it's just a case of using them for something productive rather than destructive. Mm. And one will expand them and the other one will have them contract. But either way, it's still the same skills. It's still the same mm. attributes. I think that's really profound. Mm. I hope everybody's got that. Mm. I just got a bit of a... Wake up, Paul. That's Kim slapping me. Kim, don't. Ow! Kim! Oh, I was slapping myself. That really hurts. Just before Karen closes, I just want to say the three of us salute you. Totally. Absolutely. We admire you, we congratulate you, we respect you, and we are really, really grateful for your knowledge and the impact you've had on all of our lives mm. and the way you allow us to continue to grow and be. and You have no idea the impact you've both had in my life personally. Um, and I put on my bikini yesterday while I was at the beach. Boom, boom. Mm. And I'll say that my son said, Mum, there's a lot of men looking at you. And, I, and he goes, and some of them are my age. <laughs> And when I walked in here today, I didn't even reckon we were in the car pulling up, and I thought you were Cindy's daughter. I actually said oh. it to Julius. Oh. Hello. <laughs> but but it's it's not the look that's really hit me. It's the feeling I've oh, had. Yeah. Every day now, people have been saying to me, what are you doing? And I share every day my workout that you guys taught me how to do at home. And, and now other people are now wanting to do the program or, or looking at, the HCG or wanting to run again or so your impact on me has created a ripple effect in my community and and for that I just I really want to say thank you oh thank you and we think you guys are amazing too by the way <laughs> yeah you have to say that good work, good work. There'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be 50 bucks in it for both <laughs> so I think that kind of, that brings us to the end but what I really want to do is I want to point all of our listeners to shaniandjulius.com.au or just dot, dot com. Shani and Julius, S-H-A-R-N-Y-A-N-D-J-U-L-I-U-S.com. Shani and Julius. And you can also find them on Facebook as well. There's an amazing story in their first book, Philosophy One, that um, Julius wrote. That's what I mean, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's really fabulous because that's the one that I'm in. Was she funny? Yeah. No. Actually, no, in this one I wasn't. Yeah, I'm you not going to. like those two fatties on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I'll write no. a chapter about you. Don't worry, you'll be in the next one. Um, But I was going to tell you guys about the story and the the transformation that Julius facilitated for me personally. But we've run out of time. But if you're interested in it, in terms of... um, Oh, I love that story. You know, they're all going to want to hear it. Let's just go a little... Yeah, just tell the story because it it is a good story. Or read it, buy the book. So I was just about to say, if you want to know, buy the book. Oh, no, I said you can read it. 
in your own voice. Oh, okay. Quick find it. <laughs> Quick find it, Kimmy. Oh. It was um, it was really quite profound. I I I I'd heard of Shani and Julius a hundred times, and then I went to a birthday party for one of our girlfriends, and Shani was there. And Shani and I got sitting next to each other and started chatting, and I thought, oh my goodness, this has got to be the nicest girl in the world in the world. And we were chatting, she and is. she said, come and have a session with us. And I went, okay. And, of course, me, I get terribly intimidated with exercise and fit people. So I went, okay, cool. So I went along, and then Julius comes out, and I'm, now I'm really scared. He's <laughs> <laughs> so pale. It's so funny. He scares so many people because he's so big, but he's the biggest teddy bear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it was amazing. I started training with them, and Julius took me on as a running coach because I said, I don't want to pump weights. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to learn how to run properly. And knowing that was the way in, Julius taught me how to, how to run without hurting myself. The biggest problem that I had at that point was that I would pass out from my brain injury, from being in the bubble and bombing. All, we all know that. You know, we know that that's what really happened, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're brain injured. No, we know what's happened yeah. now. <laughs> don't forget it. It's just an inside joke. Sorry. Right, okay. Yeah, is it, I get it. It's because she passed out because of how hot Julius is? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> I thought they were going to No, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did. They're hard. They're nasty. <laughs> Nasty. No, I'm Being nice to Julia. <laughs> I got it, I got it. <laughs> go on. Um, okay. Oh, now this is so sweet. Here he goes. He says, the happiest adult I know is a lady called Karen Smith. Look at that. <laughs> Karen's, life reads, Karen's life story reads like a Shakespearean tragedy. After her fiancé committed suicide, she went to Bali with her two best friends to cheer up. While there, she survived the Bali bombing, only to wake up to the news her best friends had both died and she had, partially, she had a partially crushed skull. She has always wanted children, is amazing with children, but has had her ovaries removed. Karen has every right to be depressed, she's, and she's not. The most depressed person I know is a man called Damien, and his name's been changed. To the outside world, Damien is the epitome of success. He's wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. He has a stunning wife who loves him dearly, three kids who are high achievers, and a career that sees him pressing flesh with the most influential people on earth. Damien makes a living practicing an art he loves, and he's good at it. But Damien hates his life. Why? Damien approaches every single day with purpose. His life is lived on purpose. He is what all the self-help success books want you to become. He is the embodiment of a single-minded purpose. Karen is not. She is also very successful, successful, but where she is different to Damien is that her tragedies have afforded her the completely different view of life. Karen has lived her nightmares. She has allowed them in. She has let them take her. Why does this make her happy while Damien remains sad? I'll tell you soon. But first a story about Karen. When Karen first came to us for fitness coaching, she described how burpees, which is the jumping up and down and then jumping into a push-up, oh my goodness, made her pass out. It had something to do with the piece of building that had been lodged in her skull in Bali ten years ago. She said that she shouldn't be alarmed, just forewarned. It happened a fair bit. A part of our initial assessment of athletes was... Uh, we test dexterity, core stability, and pelvic alignment through a simple one-legged toe touch. I asked Karen to try it. When she came back up from her first, I noticed her eyes glazing over. I asked if she was okay, and she said she needed to lie down for a bit. 
just need to tell you guys, I saw Julian go a little palier. And Julie's a little bit paler. <laughs> I stopped the session possible. instantly and proceeded with a stretch and massage. The stretch happened on the floor, but the massage on the bench. Karen was sitting in front of me as I worked my hands up and down her back, rubbing and prodding. <laughs> about the nuances of my new athlete's posterior chain. Mm -hmm. I was firing questions at her to test her alertness and concentration span. When I noticed she stopped answering, I carried on the massage in silence, thinking she was sick of my babbling when she said once again, I need to lie down. I really, really wanted to understand the process she went through with a fate so that I could know her limits. I needed to know the signs so that I was able to pull back. I asked her what she felt immediately before she passes out. I feel so hot inside my body, then my, ass, my eyes start to get pins and needles. Then I know the blackness is coming. This was the part that was absolutely transformational for me, guys. Julia said to me, have you ever tried to fight it? She had a very stern look on her face, so I quickly followed with, you know, when you hear stories of people nearly dying, they can see death coming and just turn the other way. They fight it. Some with sleep. Sometimes you can, same with sleep, sometimes you can fall to sleep, uh, sometimes you can feel sleep coming and you can turn the other way and fight it. Have you ever tried to turn the other way when you start to feel the pins and needles? I then remembered that she had in fact nearly died, so asked her what that was like. Had she fought off death? Had she turned the other way when she saw the bright light coming? No, there was never even a thought of death. I never, I never even let it register. It wasn't planned or on purpose. Thinking back, though, I know, I now know that I just didn't have any belief whatsoever that this was the end. And no, I haven't tried fighting it. I just accept it and let it go. I could see she was internalising. She was talking more to herself than to me. She was analysing herself. Now, I'm not going to go on with that because I'll keep reading for ages. But guys, I want to tell you, the rest of that story is absolutely extraordinary in terms of Julius, how he got me to really go inside in a way that I had never even entertained in 10, 11 years. I'd never considered that there was a possibility in me that would prevent me and my body from checking out when it all got to a point where I couldn't cope. I never believed that that was even possible. So much so to the point that since that day, and that was over 12 months ago at least. Yeah, probably longer. Two years? Yeah, that was written two years ago. Yeah, yeah because I read that, um, like I said, November last year. I read that November last year. Sorry, I was playing with the child. <laughs> Under the desk. Under the desk. <laughs> well, I can say to you, it's been two years yeah. since I've passed out. I've not passed out since wow. the day that I nearly passed out on, on, on your lawn. So what, in, in um, relation to the listeners, what are you doing in your life or what is holding you back in your life or is your limiting belief in your life that maybe you could change from today just by choosing? Absolutely. And by, by giving yourself the actual option that fighting is an option because I think a lot of the times we succumb to what we believe is our lot in life. Yeah. And I believe yes. that my brain injury was the reason why I passed out. And from a medical perspective, it's all there, the evidence is there. So I naturally just went with that, and when I got to the point of not being able to cope, I just naturally checked out. Now, I, gave my, I never gave myself the option to believe that the opposite was even possible. Given Julius's support and help, and he actually took me out the front, made me do a burpee, and he said, look, if you pass out, I'll catch you. You'll be fine. <laughs> 
caring. <laughs> Not at all. And you know what? His his unemotional way of handling me, because most people when it came to passing out were on eggshells around me. Julius was completely unemotional, completely unaffected, completely unconcerned and scared for me. He just said, ah, don't worry about it, we'll do it, and if you, if, you, if you hit the deck, I'll catch you, don't worry. I won't, I won't let you hurt yourself. And I went, okay, well, somebody here just doesn't care, so why don't I just give it a go? <laughs> it's almost like... There's just no such thing as status quo with you two, is there? None. There's no status quo. None. Everything's a choice. Do you know, in the, I think it's the US military, one of their divisions, their motto is winning is a decision. I think it's something like that. Mm. Sorry for any American mm. war heroes if I got it wrong. Mm, mm. Um, but it's if you think about that, winning is a decision. Losing is a decision as well, but you have to actually choose to win or you choose to lose. It's mm. not something that happens to you. Mm. You don't get beaten, you choose to be beaten. Or you choose to win. Mm. And I think on that line, the, there's a line in the US, uh, the Australian Army, or it might be the Army Worldwide, is improvise, adapt, overcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like there's always choice, there's always there's action, always there's a always a way to look at something differently no matter what's thrown at you. And we always think we're trapped. This is the amazing thing. We always think that we're trapped, although we probably don't use those same words. So many people are in relationships that they don't necessarily thrive in yet they don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So many people are in jobs or in businesses that they're not thriving in, yet they don't do anything about it because they'd rather the devil they know than to go somewhere that's unpredictable. So many people are in bodies. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. That they, they think that they can't change, they were born like that, or they've this is mothers like big that. Bone. Big bone. Yeah, is a this one, I hate running, I'm not a good runner. Yeah. Tell that to the little girl in the wheelchair. So thank you, Shani and Julius, for joining us on today's podcast. It's been an absolute treat. We have loved having you on the podcast with us. So listeners, if you want to know more about Shani and Julius, go to their website, shaniandjulius.com. Now, also, we want you guys to comment on today's podcast. We want to hear what you think about their um, rather staunch views and their ideas on, on weight loss and family and love and relationships. Tell us everything. We want to hear from you. So go to Facebook, all the W's, dot facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can also reach us on all the W's dot the wellness couch forward slash up for a chat. So thank you again for joining us and listening in this week and join us here next week and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.